Welcome to the Lion's Den University Report. This program brings you a behind-the-scenes look at the spiritual life on today's university and college campuses. Now here's your host, Glenn Bailey. I'm here with Dr. James Tour for this edition of the Lion's Den, and he's a professor at Rice University down in Houston, but he's speaking here at the Science and Faith Conference. And Jim, welcome to our broadcast today. Thank you. And uh, you have an interesting bio. I would invite our listeners to look up all the honors and awards and achievements that you've had over the years. Uh, you've been a professor at Rice University for how long? 20 years. 20 years. And you're a follower of Jesus Christ, and but you come out of the uh, Jewish tradition. Were you uh, raised in a Jewish household? In a secular Jewish home in, in New York, in New York area. I see, right. And so what was the path that uh, you traveled to find Christ as your Savior? I was in college. I was a freshman in college, and a young man from Navigators Campus Ministry uh, shared the gospel with me using the bridge illustration. And during that time, uh, uh, he had me read a verse from the Bible that says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And I said to him, I'm not a sinner. Mm. I've never robbed a bank. I never killed anybody. Right. Because in my mind, I had to do something to hurt somebody or steal something from a bank or something, something big to sure. be, be, a, be a sinner. I had to kill somebody. And he, then he showed me another verse that Jesus said, uh, whoever looks at a woman to lust after her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Mm. And that hit me deeply. Because at the age of 18, I was already addicted to pornography. There was no internet in those days, but it was just through magazines. And I had, right. I had gotten hold of a lot of magazines because I worked in a gas station on the highways going into and out of New York City. And, and the, the salesmen would throw away their magazines on Friday nights on their way home. And, and I became addicted at the age of 14. And here I was 18, and I thought nobody knew. Right. But then the, the verse that Jesus called me out with was, was, were these words, and it really hit me. It really shocked me. And I, he had my attention at that point. And then, then he talked about this free gift of God that's in Jesus Christ. And it was several months after that I started attending. Actually, <clears throat> shortly after that, I started attending a little Bible study by the Navigators. And, and uh, on November 7, 1977, I was all alone in my room on my knees, and I asked Jesus into my life. And I asked him to forgive me and that burden of sin that had been on my shoulders since August uh, just started to lift. And all of a sudden, someone was standing in my room. Jesus was there in my room with me. I opened my eyes. I couldn't see him. But the overwhelming sense of his presence, the forgiveness of God. And right. I just started weeping and weeping. And uh, kindness was just being extended to me. And, and that was the day that I received the Lord. Amen. That's exciting. And... Uh, different people have different uh, kinds of experiences and can point even to the particular day and so on. Uh, but we need to know that we've been born again, don't we? That we've trusted Christ and have been forgiven and on our way to heaven. That's right. And uh, any of our listeners today, we would encourage you. Perhaps you tuned in uh, totally by chance this morning on the radio or some um, method of uh, finding out about our program. And uh, we would encourage you to consider faith in Christ. And one of the things that our program uh, shows is that you don't have to throw away your brains to become a Christian. Uh, here you're a highly uh, respected uh, chemist, uh, I believe, from uh, Rice University, a professor there for uh, a number of years, and uh, uh, many different uh, research projects that you've done that are uh, highly uh, complicated and uh, show that uh, you know you're an intelligent person and yet you still believe in Jesus and where we find out about Jesus is the Bible. 
That's right. That's right. I love the Word of God. I love the Bible. I start every morning in prayer and in reading the Bible. I mean, to me, that's, a, that's something that's a, a deep part of my life. Right. And uh, to share a little bit about your personal Bible study, how important that is to you and what you gain from the Scriptures. Well, I usually wake up sometime around 3 a.m. and, and uh, start in prayer and uh, pray for each member of my family. And, and then I, I pray more generally for, for things that we'll, I'll be confronted with in the day and praying for salvations. I'd love to see salvations of others around me and uh, praying for the needs of the country. And then I will, I will spend uh, uh, usually some time in prayer and then after the time of prayer, reading the, I'll be reading the scriptures where I read slowly, pensively, and I meditate on the Word of God. My typical reading pattern is to spend, spend time just meditating. I'm not trying to rush through the Bible. I will just, just get filled up on a portion and then right. move on to the next. But I, I usually work from beginning to end, from Genesis to Revelation. When I'm done, I start again. Mm-hmm. Okay. And- uh, any particular commentaries or other research tools that you use uh, to aid your study, or is it pr- primarily focused on Scripture? In my own personal time, when I'm just reading, I don't use many commentaries, but I do use commentaries when I'm preparing to teach Bible studies. I teach a weekly Bible study, and I spend about 10 hours a week preparing that, and then I'll read commentaries mainly to see that what was happening at the time and, and things, But but then if I just read the commentaries, that doesn't do it. I have to spend time poring over the Word of God. I will read the passage probably over a hundred times. I will read the passage that I'll be teaching out of that week, asking God to fill me, to give me understanding. And once in a while, he, he gives me verses that link up with that. But key to me in that Bible study is not, not just giving, giving the context of what's there, but what is the message for the students that week in that Bible study from that portion. So we read the portion, we see what God is saying, and how does that then apply to our lives? And that's where I really want to hear from the Holy Spirit the direction that I should go. Right, and so this is a Bible study with, uh, as you shared with me previously, quite a number of college students, and they're Rice uh, University students predominantly? or Yeah, I would say <clears throat> two-thirds of them are Rice University students, both undergraduates and graduate students, uh, some postdocs, and then uh, maybe another third is, is from uh, uh, the medical center or the University of Houston. Uh, we have a very large medical center there in Houston, and so a lot of medical students and, and postdocs that are working in that area, some young professors uh, uh, and young faculty attend as well. And as we were talking earlier, you shared you really do have a burden, as uh, all Christians should, uh, to win others to Christ. And even uh, a prayer of yours is to uh, reach a certain number of people. How? Uh, what are you praying for these days? Well, I, I, I pray that I see at least one person a week coming to the Lord. And, and very graciously, the Lord grants me that. Uh, sometimes I don't see somebody come to the Lord, but the next week you might give me two or three, so he makes up for it. <laughs> and uh, uh, I really pray for that. I, have, I, have, uh, I, I cry out like in Genesis chapter 30, verse 1, uh, give me children or I die. Lord, if you're not going to raise up people from my ministry, bring somebody else here that will do a better job. I'm ready to go home. Mm. If you want me here, give me children or I die. And, and I see that, you know, I've taken many evangelism courses over, over the years of my life, and, and 
that helps that methodology, but that's not the key. The key is my heart. Lord, take out my heart of stone and give me a heart of flesh. Lord, give me compassion for the people. Give me a love for the lost. Help me to care. Do I really care about the lost? Do I really care? And so that's why I say, Lord, my head be like, a, like waters and my, my eyes a fountain of tears that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people, Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 1. Lord, break my heart for the lost that I would really care. And when I really care for the lost, that's when I see them come. Mm. If I just share mechanically the, the, the gospel message, it never works. I have to really want to see them converted to the Lord. And I want to see people coming to faith in Jesus Christ. And ultimately, it is not up to man who wills or the man who runs but to God who has mercy. So I rely on God to bring them on in. Right, right. And uh, certainly, uh, you know, we sow and others uh, water, and God reaps the harvest. And so your uh, burden for the lost, I mean, that should be every Christian's burden, I believe, that uh, that's, that comes from the heart of God. Yeah, I mean, t t it certainly doesn't come from the heart of Jim Tour, I'll tell you that. I don't, I don't inherently have that burden. I have to pray, God, give me that burden for the lost. Lord, give me a love for the lost. Only then do I see people coming to the Lord. Give me a love for the lost. Lord, I pray that, that when I share with them, let it come forth from my heart that I would plead with them. As Charles Spurgeon says, you are to plead as if your loved one were about to go to the gallows and the man who is going to control that who is going to make that decision, is the one to whom you are appealing. How would you cry out? How would you cry out to that man for the life of your loved one? That's the way I need to cry out to see the lost come. Without that, I don't see them come. Maybe others can share without that. I never see people coming to the Lord unless I have that sort of burden. Lord, burden my heart. Right. And to the, the vision of the Christian is that the person that is lost has two destinies, don't they? The, the possible destinies is the destiny of lost people apart from God for eternity, which is a, a tragic thing to even think about, uh, or to be in heaven with our creator and savior forever and ever. That's right. I mean, without Christ, they are dead, dead, dead. There is no other way. Without Jesus in their life, they are dead. They may be fine people on this earth, but they are dead. They are lost without Christ. Without Jesus, they are not getting into heaven. Only Jesus can open the way. It's all about Jesus and the work that he did on the cross. Jesus is the gift that God has given for us. He is a gift. And to say, I don't want that gift, and to say, I'm good, I don't need that gift, that's the loss there. They'll never come. And so, so what I do is I try to show them that this is a gift from God. And if they don't realize that they're sinners, I take them through verses that show that all have sinned. I show them what, what hell would look like. How did Jesus describe hell? Where, 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 where the, 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 the worm will not die and the fire is not quenched. What is that worm? From Isaiah, it describes that worm. It says that in hell, that, that your bed will be a bed of maggots and worms will cover you. These are the worms that Jesus is talking about. And then ultimately to go into the lake of fire, of burning sulfur, the word there is brimstone, which is sulfur, and, and a, 
uh, a sulfur fire is, is, is a really ugly fire. It's a pool. Everything is molten at that point. And the fire just moves back and forth across. It's not like the whole thing is on fire. There's a fire just moving back and forth uh, across it because, because the sulfur dioxide quenches it and the fire moves, moves around. And that's how he describes it. The, the, the lake of fire. And that's where it says that they're going to go. So unless I see that, that that's their destiny, then I don't know how to appeal to them. But this is where my heart is. And I didn't learn this of myself. I've studied over and over again how Charles Spurgeon did this. I've studied George Whitfield, how he did this. And this is what does it. It is the burden Lord, increase this burden in me that I would care about their lives and care about their salvations. Lord, I never, I never weep for the lost. Lord, let me weep for the lost. Uh, George Whitfield would, would weep for the lost while he was preaching. He had to try to compose mm. himself because he'd be weeping for the lost. And he said, if you will not weep for yourself, I'll weep for you. Mm. Lord, give me that sort of heart. Right. That's when I see people coming to the Lord. Sure, sure. And we trust that... Uh, even some listeners are realizing their need for Christ as we share together and would turn to him. That's uh, the purpose of our radio ministry. We're not just here to uh, you know, interview people and uh, be on radio stations, but to share the, the good news of Jesus Christ, that there is hope for anyone. And uh, God's standard is perfection. It's not just uh, you, know, you didn't rob a bank or kill anyone. Uh, it's even your secret thoughts will be revealed uh, on Judgment Day. And, uh, but uh, even things that you neglected to do that you could have done, the Bible says, are sin. And so a holy God is uh, uh, awesome to think about, uh, but uh, his standard of, of perfection is far above, you know, a lot of people who say, I'm a good person and uh, I don't need Christ. Uh, but uh, it's because they've set the bar low enough they can reach it. Well, we're going to continue our conversation on our next broadcast of The Lion's Den. My guest, Dr. James Tour, professor of chemistry at Rice University. You have been listening to The Lion's Den University Reports. If you would like more information about the Christian life or would like to contact The Lion's Den or one of the guests, please write us at The Lion's Den, Post Office Box 226, Mifflinburg, Pennsylvania, 17844 or email ltcldur at yahoo.com.